Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Praise the Lord. This morning I will be sharing on the topic, Christ my helper. I want you to say that to yourself. Say, Christ my helper. Hallelujah. I know a lot of us have dreams and ambition, the things that we want to achieve this year. There are plenty. The truth of the matter is that one of the ways to start the year is to sit down and plan. Somebody say plan. Is to sit down and plan. If I call one, two, three, four, five persons here this morning and I say, what do you want to achieve this year? I'm sure that those five persons will have things to say. You know, we all have things to say in terms of what we want to achieve. But at the end of the day, we may not achieve the things that we have said we are going to achieve. And sometimes the reason is not far-fetched. The reason is because we do not know how to get those things achieved. Okay, so I have started the message. Just listen to me and I'm going to share some few things with you. And I will cap it up with the very title, Christ my helper. Number one, when you start a year like this, it is important that you prayerfully enter the year. I know we've done that corporately as a church, but it is important that personally you have a one-on-one -on -one relationship and encounter with God to say, 2024 has started. I am committing the year into your hand. It is also very important, not only the year, anything you want to start it is important that you commit it into the hand of God. For example, if you just got married, it is good that your wife and your husband, the two of you, you pray together. We in CGMI don't practice it as a doctrine, but it is actually biblical. So your first salary, you can remit it to God to say, I am giving you this as a token of my commitment, dedication, and love, and also thanksgiving to you. So what I'm saying is that anything you start afresh or you are just starting, commit it to God. Very key. It shows that you are saying, God, have your way. And if God leads the way, indeed, you are going to have tremendous success. Hallelujah. So, prayerfully start the year. After you do that, write down your plans, your goals, and your ambition. What you want to achieve in 2024, write it down on a piece of paper or diary or your tablet. Or it could be your phone and just write it down. After writing it down, what are the things that you are going to write down? Write down the things that you want to achieve. So, for example, you want to start a business this year. Write it down. I want to start a business. 
or you want to be a millionaire this year like God has spoken, I'm going to make five millionaires and we're going to have ten by the grace of God. So, Father, I want to be a millionaire by the end of 2024. Write it down. The next thing you are going to do, you are going to put down the strategy. That's where a lot of people get it wrong. Put down the strategy of how you are going to be a millionaire. So, what's the strategy? I want to have my own business. Or, I already have my business. I want to expand my business. I want God to bless this, my business. Let's assume you had one client before, two clients. You will say, God, I want to be able to expand to have 10, 15, 20 clients. If one client, I am getting a profit of, let's say, 100,000 from one client, I want to be a millionaire. For me to be able to be a millionaire, I need bigger clients that will give me bigger money. That's the way to go. So that's your strategy. You put it down. The next thing you do, there's what we call mechanics. Mechanics are the methodology or what you can call the tactics. There's mechanics, there's methodology, then there is tactics. How you intend to implement your strategy. How do you intend to implement your strategy? So, tactics, mechanics, and methodology is breaking down your strategy into granular form. So, you say, okay, I am going to write proposals. I've already written my proposal. I'm going to have a showreel. I'm going to put it in a video format or whatever format you want to do, and I'm going to go on social media to market it. I'm going to put it on social media. Or I'm going to talk to more people in church about my business. Or I am going to talk to my family members. Oh, you remember, oh, there's an uncle that is in Abuja that works in so-and-so place. I'm going to talk to him about my business. I'm going to sell my business to this person. So I need to give them something that they will go through and remember me, and you put, my, you put your co contacts in there. So that's the mechanics. Remember, your strategy is different from your mechanics or your methodology or your tactics. Some of us have good strategy, but we have very poor tactics. It's like a football game. A coach wants to win a game. He has a strategy of how he wants to win the game, but he needs to put the tactics in place to be able to get it done. That is why you see a coach will play a player instead of playing the same player he's been playing before because he feels that that player he's bringing in for this game will be able to help him achieve his tactics. Praise the Lord. Are we together? So when you get your tactics right, because the truth is this, let me say this at this junction. When you want to be a millionaire, you don't need to stay indoors and praying all your life. You need to get it implemented. The richest men in the world, they have things that they do. They strategize. They have a plan. They have a product or a business. They strategize. They have mechanics and tactics and methodology that they are using to push their products. 
And so they don't joke with their customers, the people who buy from them or the people that they sell to. So when you have your mechanics tactics right and you put it on the ground, one thing that you must do, which you should not hesitate, is number one, who are my target audience? Who are the people that I want to reach out to? This is what I'm doing to make money. What, how do I reach out to the people so that they can understand that this is what I do? Who are my target audience? Who are my TAs? It's very important. So you may say, I'm a salary earner. Let me also say here that there's what we call multiple streams of income. Multiple stream of income is when you earn money from different sources, not from one source. And actually, according to the Bible, and even according to what we have now in the world, for you to be a millionaire, you need to have close to six to seven different sources that streams income to you, not one source. One source is dangerous, so you need to have different sources. Praise the Lord. So you need to identify who your target audience are and reach out to them. More like identifying where your market is. So if you are a salary earner, what I will advise is that save up some money and start a business that will give you some other source of income. Are we together? Praise the Lord. Then there's what we call synergy and collaboration. Nobody knows it all. In those days, before paper money came, there's what we call trade by butter. I have a phone, you have data. So I give you data, you give me phone. You know, so it's trade by butter, but now it's paper money. If you have money, you can buy your data or you can buy your phone. Now, synergy and collaboration is very important. You don't have all the information or all the knowledge. What you do is to collaborate or to collaborate. Collaborate is lingua. It's to collaborate with somebody who will help you so that two of you can achieve something together. It is called teamwork. You see, all these manufacturing companies, nobody is standing alone. For example, there's someone who supplies them the steel, the iron that they use to make their engines and their cars. There's somebody, in short, there's a company, I won't mention names, they, they are not the ones that do their engine. What they do is to contract that particular bit to another company who does their engine. Their own is to do the body and couple the car together, and they are good to go. So you have different people coming together to achieve similar goal. For every product, I can assure you, no company is a standalone. Every product is a result of collaboration and synergy. You see, that business that you are struggling with, that you want to do, if you collaborate, you will find out that in 2024, you are going to break even. You've been doing it all by yourself. It's the same way. You are a school leaver. You finish school and you are looking for a job. Don't keep quiet. 
If you keep quiet, the job may not come. So what do you do? You go on um, recruitment sites and put in your CV there. Talk to people. Talk to people in church. Say, ah, I just finished school. I don't know if they are recruiting in your company so I can send my CVC. One of the things that kills people is pride. What of if I ask and he or she does not give me audience? That's why do you think that way? When you ask, the Bible says, ask and you shall what? You shall receive. Let me be honest with you. I have a friend who got a job. He went to the UK to do his master's. After doing it, he read the mechanical, electrical engineering, and he did very well in his um, course. And he went to the UK to do master's. As he finished his master's, he started applying for a job. He applied for so many, in so many companies, and he was rejected. Finally, an international year company recruited him, and he came back to Nigeria to give a testimony. What we saw is the fact that he now works in an international year company. But from his lips, he said, I had several rejections. Rejection is part of life. If you think that people will accept you immediately, you are living in fool's paradise. People will first of all reject you before they will say, okay, come. Even your wife that you toasted, did she say yes immediately? Brothers who are married, at least it stressed you small now. It gives you body language that shows that I don't think I want you, except maybe when I don't be friends. And she got on the walk on her to say, say yes, say yes, say yes. Immediately you hit the nail on the head. You say, I've been waiting for you since. Why, why did you delay? <laughs> there are exceptional cases like that. But what I'm saying is that rejection is part of life. Even growing up as kids, you tell your father, I want biscuit. He say no. So why is it now that you are now an adult? Somebody tells you no, you go to your closet and you are crying. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. You need to change. Your company that you are working for one day may reject you. Have that in your mind. It's a normal thing. Some people that you will send your proposal to may say no. But you don't need to concentrate on those that will say no. Concentrate on the ones that will say yes. Even in church here. There are some people you walk up to them, you want to say hello to them, you want to just tell them Happy New Year, they will reject you. <laughs> so when they reject you, it's not for you to now say, that church, I'm not going there again. Go again. Come. If anybody rejects you, come and meet me and I will shake you and I wish you a warm Happy New Year. <laughs> Hallelujah. What I'm saying is that rejection is part of life. You shouldn't feel bad when people reject you. I also noticed something under the sun. When you give an opinion and your opinion is not accepted, you feel bad. It's a sign of immaturity. Your opinion will not always be accepted. Even if the opinion is uh, God-sent, there are a lot of God-sent opinions that people still do not accept. So what am I saying? Collabo. Have synergy with people. Speak out. Don't keep quiet. And lastly... The first I said, I will say it as the last. Continue to pray. Put those dreams and plans into the hand of God, and God will deal with them accordingly. 
Let's go to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, Jesus, my helper. Was somebody blessed by those few things I said? God bless you. John chapter 2, I want to read from verse 1 to... Let me open it from my Bible here. Just a minute. I want to read from verse 1 to 10. This is the story of the first recorded miracle of Jesus in the Bible. Where he went to... Sorry. Where he went to a wedding. And... um, He went to a wedding and they told him that there was no wine. Okay, are we projecting? Okay, let me read it from my phone. They told him that there was no wine and um, he had no choice than to perform the miracle. Christ, my helper. Two days later, there was a wedding in the town of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, as Mary was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine had given off, or given out, Jesus' mother said to, to him, They are out of wine. You must not tell me what to do. Jesus replied, My time has not come. Jesus' mother then said to the servant, Do whatever he tells you. The Jews have rules about ritual washing. And this purpose, six stone water jars were there. Such one large enough to hold between 20 and 30 gallons. So Jesus said to the servants, fill these jars with water. They filled, it, they filled them to the brim. And then he said to them, now draw some water out and take it to the man in charge of the feast. They took him the water. And now he had turned now he had turned into wine and he tasted it. He did not know where this wine had come from. Out of the course, the servant who had drawn out the water knew, so he called the bridegroom. And he said, Everyone also serves the best wine first. And after the guests had drunk a lot. He serves the ordinary wine, but you have kept the best wine until now. Jesus performed this miracle in Canaan where he revealed his glory and his his disciples believed in him. Now, you must understand something that one of the many miracles that Jesus performed was based on compassion and help. Part of the things that Jesus came to do was to help us. And in performing those miracles while he was here with us, he did those miracles out of a compassionate heart. So you can also see those miracles from a perspective of help. So even though that Jesus was not ready, his ministry was yet to start, there was a problem, and the problem was that this couple... They just got married, and the wine had finished. 
while the guests were still in there. I know, you know, it's a, it's a very bad thing to happen when during, re, 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 um, you know, you're having your reception and um, all of a sudden there's no water, there's no food and there's no water to go around. It's not a good thing. People will be disappointed. And so it was a secret that they told the mother of, of Jesus, Mary, and Mary told Jesus to say, there is no wine, no. Now, there's a lot of information I want to bring here. Number one, don't keep your problem to yourself. In 2024, turn to your neighbor, so don't keep your problem to yourself. <laughs> talk. It is when you talk, that's when you can get help. Hallelujah. It is when you talk, that is when help will come. But you say, eh, the other day, I can't talk. They now made my matter a gossip uh, this thing. Waiting concern, you'll not be help you once. You see, we are so bothered about what people do and what people say. That's the major problem that is affecting the psychology of a man. What it concern you? If you have received help, uh -huh. So, if the people who were wedding or the event guys did not open up, it would have been an open embarrassment. So, they came to Jesus at the end of the day, and it was Jesus that solved the matter. I want to say here, in the name of Jesus, I beg you, if you need help, don't keep quiet. A lot of people are dying in silence. Please, express yourself. The reason why we are a church is for us to be able to help one another. You know, when we come to church, we form a lot. Everybody is looking good. You want to package yourself. But then since me, I see John, I don't, I don't belong. A few years ago, I was in a fellowship back then in school. A brother left the fellowship, and um, the pastor was telling me why he left. He said, I cannot cope with the dressing. My dressing is not complementing with the dressing of the church. <laughs> so he left the church. <laughs> if he had even said, okay, how can I step up? You see, in life, when you get somewhere and you see that the people level high past your own, two things should come to your mind. How do I step up? Not to have inferiority complex and you run away. No. How do I step up? So, if you have an expression problem, pray about it. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, which is timidity. But he has given us the spirit of power, of love and what? And sound mind. And I want to say here, there are structures in church that help people to grow within the ladder in church. Listen, everybody needs help at some point in time. If your help is referral, we have a welfare unit that addresses that. Now, we encourage you to join a unit in church. If you are in heaven whisperings, for example, and you have an issue, your, the idea is for you to relate with your, your departments there, and if something they cannot handle, they push it to the pastor in charge of services coordination. And the pastor, if he cannot handle it, it comes to my table. That is the way church for real is structured. You cannot die with your problem this year, 2024. No, it's not, it's not going to be possible. 
In short, I have prayed to God. My mandate is to solve every problem that comes to my table this year, 2024. The Bible says that God is able to give me grace. There is no temptation that will come my way that I cannot handle. So, my mindset is that any problem that comes, oh, this one is to be solved. So, in the name of Jesus, don't keep quiet anymore. There is solution in the house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, they came to Jesus and Jesus Christ told them what to do. Now, listen to this. When you study the Bible, I want you to understand that the Bible, the mindset of those who wrote the Bible, especially the Gospels, was done with a Jewish mindset, Jew, Judaism. Now, Judaism is different from Christianity. Christianity is not what Jesus... Do I have time to deal with this stuff? Praise the Lord. Christianity is not what Jesus came to give to us. In short, Jesus never said, I am coming to form another religion and it's going to be called Christianity. No. What he said is that I am coming to create a church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The church in Antioch was one of the most vibrant church. They had a lot of things going for them. Spiritually minded guys, word of knowledge, the gift of the spirit. They had prophets. People were prophesying everywhere. They were loaded and they were doing things together. And so the people saw them and they said, wow, these guys are behaving like the man that they killed the other day, which is Christ. So they named them Christians. So the word Christian is actually an opinion from unbelievers. So over time, it metamorphosed and became what, what we are now known as Christian, what is now known as Christianity. Used, even the disciples and the apostles, they never use the word Christians. What they use is dearly beloved. Please, I'm not trying to upset your theology. I don't read books, I only read Bible. If you read Bible, you understand these things. So, in those days in Judaism, or the, in, in, sorry, not Judaism now, in the tribe of the Jews, the Jews, what they do is they believe so much in purification. And part of the ways to judge purification is for you to use water to clean yourself, especially before you enter a major event or you want to enter somebody's house or you want to enter the temple. So in this place, they had already laid down pots. And in those pots, the Bible says that close to 20 to 30 gallons can fill one of those pots. So they use it for purification. And part of the ways they use it is that if you are a woman, you are going through your period, for example, your monthly period. It is important before you enter such area, you clean yourself because you are seen as unclean. So those pots were put there for purification, for washing. And Jesus Christ said, put water into those pots. And they did that. That was where the miracle came from. The miracle came from there. So what am I saying to you this morning? The dreams, your goals, and the things you want to achieve this year, Jesus is interested. So he's the one that will help you achieve them. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, it doesn't matter how informal those dreams are. 
recall, Jesus went to a wedding. A wedding. The Bible says that Jesus' mother was invited, and Jesus himself and his disciples, they were invited. So Jesus sat down, and he was enjoying the wedding. Was a, you know, when I read the Bible, I see Jesus as a, as a, as a guy man who likes to flex. At some point, he was flexing with unbelievers, and they said, wow, this man is not clean at all. Look at prostitutes around him. Look at wine drunkards and all of that around him. And they say, you are, a, you are an ungodly man. You know what he told them? He said, it is the man who is sick that needs a doctor. Me, I'm the doctor. I want to clean these people up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, he turned water into wine, and that was the help he rendered. That was the help he rendered. Let's read Matthew chapter 14. Before we read Matthew, okay, let's read Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Jesus is my helper. It doesn't matter what I am going through and what I am doing now. He's the one that will help me achieve it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's read Matthew 14, 22. Then Jesus made the disciples to get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the lake. While he sent his disciples away, 23, after sending the disciples away, he went uphill by himself to pray. Then evening came, Jesus was there alone. And by the time the boat was, okay, let's go to, let's go to 25. Then he saw when they saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. He's a ghost, they said, and screamed with fear. Jesus spoke to them at once. Courage, he said, it is I, don't be afraid. Then Peter spoke up, Lord, if really you are the one, order me to come out on the water to you. I'm reading from good news. Come, answer Jesus. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water to Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he was afraid and started to sink down in the water. Save me, Lord, he cried. And at once, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. And grabbed hold of him and said, what little faith you have. Why did you doubt? Now listen. Jesus helped Peter. Peter was about to drown. Jesus reached out and helped him. And the fault was Peter's fault because he doubted. Now listen, God wants me to tell you prophetically that in 2024, this year, even if you make your own errors and you have your own faults, irrespective of that, I am still going to help you. I will not allow you to drown. See, some of you, there are some mistakes that you do. Maybe in the course of executing your operational work or lifestyle, you make some silly mistakes. The Bible is saying that irrespective of that, I will still what? I will still help you. Peter was drowning. He was drowning. Jesus reached out to him and grabbed him and pulled him out of the mess. Every mess that you are in the name of Jesus, God is going to cause a miracle to happen in the name of Jesus. 
I hear in my spirit, there are three people here. You are in serious debt. You are saying, how do I clear this debt? 2024, Jesus is saying, help us come. Amen. I see debt cancellation in the name of Jesus. Makale Soto say, Jesus, help Peter. He was drowning. He was about to die. But Jesus reached out to him and pulled him out of the water. Listen to this. There are two instances I want to introduce help to you. Number one was in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Where the Bible talked about God bringing Eve into the life of Adam. So that Eve can become a help to Adam. God understands the ministry of help is so important. That without help, you cannot achieve anything. Everybody seated here, some point in time has been helped by somebody before. If nobody don't help you before, let me see your hand up. We all need help. At some time, you were driving and your, your vehicle broke down and you came out and you saw that it was a tire that was down. And you are going for a party. You were well dressed with your white lace and like, but are you going to change your tire with white lace? And all of a sudden, some boys came and said, any work, sir? And you say, yes, please. And they did it for you in 10 minutes. And you say, anything for the boys? You say, yes, something for the boys. Who brought that help? You have been helped. I have a, a story of my friend who graduated. All his results, finally all his results were all scattered. They were all missing. They couldn't put his results together. You know, I don't know, Nigerian universities, they have that problem. You go, don't see your grade, do 100 level, 200 level. By the time you are not getting to final year, your course advisor will say, ah, what's going on? Your file, there is no result in your file. <laughs> there is even one. The sister came to give testimony in fellowship. He said, we cannot find your file. Are you a student in this school? Your file, it cannot be found. I said, ah, sure. How can you not find my file? <laughs> Maybe they are digitalizing things, not everything in their computer. But in those days, where it used to be fire. Problem. This, my friend, they couldn't see results. Some results. Did you write this? Call? I wrote it now. I got B in this call. You say, ah, no result. Oh. But however, here's the testimony. Help came. How did the help came? He took a lecturer in the department to sit down on his matter to say, Wherever the problem is, we will solve it. You know, when a lecturer is talking to a lecturer, it is easier than when a student is what? Doing the one, doing the following up. If somebody, they who have graduated here at all, are you related with me? The people are saying, oh, let me go to university. So it was this lecturer that now went and took the matter for head and started pulling the results together. At the end of the day, he graduated with a 2-1. Somebody that would have had an extra year now graduated with a 2-1. That is help. That is help. At some point in time in our lives, we are in a place where you know, say, this one, I help you need. You need help. Is it financial? Plenty testimonies of help. God understands the ministry of help. He told Adam, Eve will come and Eve will help you take care of this garden. That was the first ministry that God created, the ministry of help. Fast forward when Jesus Christ came. 
Hallelujah. Let's read John chapter 14, verse 16. John chapter 14, verse 16. Let's fast forward. Let me show you something. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I receive help today. I want to build my house this year. I receive help to build it. I want to buy a car this year. I receive help to build it. You have been saving money to buy a car. If you have saved five million, and all of a sudden the car, the very car you want to buy, and somebody says take. Is that not help? What will you do with the money? Is that not bonus money for you? Eh? The only thing I will advise is that take from there and go and give church, okay? Wow. Bless the name. Go and come and give thanksgiving. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is important as God is helping you, you, you are helping others. As God is helping you, you, you are what? Helping others. Praise God. Look at what Jesus Christ said. Recall the first ministry that God established was the ministry of help. John 15, 26. He said, I will send you the helper from the Father. He said, I will send you, John 15, 26, he said, I will send you the helper from the Father. He told them, he said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you are endowed with power from on high. In short, he told them, he said, don't go anywhere until the ministry of helps comes. It means that you cannot achieve anything as a believer, let alone as a human being, if you don't have help. If there's nobody helping you, married men, for example, you agree with me that your wife has been what? A major helper in your ministry. Not be so. The same way, married women, you agree with me that your, your husband has been a major helper to your ministry. We all need help. Without help, you cannot achieve much. In 2024, I want to introduce Jesus to you. Jesus is your helper. He has been helping people have been issue, And he will continue to help. He will not stop helping. The Bible says that the high priest that we have can be touched by the feelings of our infirmity. God knows it when you are crying. And please, if you want to cry, cry. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you want to express your emotions, how you are feeling about things, don't, listen, please, don't hide your problem. Don't hide your problem. Express your emotions to God. Let him know where they pain you so that he will send help to you. Stand up on your feet this morning. Say, I need help. Is there anybody that does not need help? May I need help, oh? And like, I, I can see that my helpers, God is, used, God is going to use you to be my helpers this year. <laughs> the same way God will use me to help you, God will use you to help me. Hallelujah. God uses people to establish help. For example, let me give you a testimony about Paul or Saul who became Paul. You know Paul was traveling from Jerusalem to Damascus, and he met with Jesus on the way. And so Jesus Christ told him, why are you persecuting my people, my church? He said, ah. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. He had that encounter, he became blind, and he was led by the guys who followed him into Damascus. He was without food and water for three days. 
Look at what happened. God implanted it in the heart of Ananias to go and meet Paul or Saul to say, go and help this man. He went there and he spoke the word of God and the eyes of Paul or Saul opened. Now listen, history has it that, listen to this testimony. History has it that it was Ananias that took the hand of Saul to go and meet the Christians in Damascus to say, this guy is not one of us now. This guy is not one of us now. Because they didn't believe Saul. They didn't believe him. They said, ah, this man, we heard that he's coming to arrest us. Listen, if you hear somebody that has been sent to come and kill you, all of a sudden begins to say, guy, I found out more wrong things. Will you trust that person? You will not. It was Ananias that took the hand of Saul and went round the Christians and was saying, this guy is with us, now. this guy is with us now, according to history. Listen, in our lives, we need people that will rec recommend us. That's recommendation. You need somebody that will say, ah, what do you want to do? Don't worry, don't worry, the job is done. Call Patrick Edwards, he's sorted. Do you know that most jobs and contracts that you are going to receive is based on referrals? Somebody is helping you. Somebody is calling your name somewhere. I know this person is good. I know this person can do the job. I know this person. I know this person. What is that person doing for you? That person is your helper. <laughs> Somebody that will tell you, give me your CV. I will take it to the company and submit it and say, I'm minute on it. Ensure you, you employ this person. And so you, you will be on the interview. This thing, you will be, they ask you questions. Have you, do, you, do you know the meaning of predestined? When something is predestined. Before you enter the interview, it's already written that you are going to be employed. So whatever you are saying is just to test to see, okay, this person is mentally okay. They want to check you. Okay, 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 okay. But it's been written. We will employ you. At the end of the day, they will come and give you an employment letter. Somebody helped you. In 2024, that will be your portion in Jesus' name. When they are looking for agency to do stuff that has to do with advertising, somebody will recommend your name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lift up your hand and say, my help has come. My help has come. I receive help today. In the name of Jesus. Jesus is my helper. Oh, I see people recommending me. I see people referring me. I want you to open your mouth and pray this morning. I see people calling my name to come and enjoy. I see my CV, my resume going places in the name of Jesus. Just the same way Jesus Christ helped Peter. The same way Jesus Christ helped the, the couple who got married. That is the same way I'm going to be helped in the name of Jesus. I will not be stranded. Oh, I will not be stranded when it's time for help to come. Will come speedily. I receive help. My help has come in Jesus' name. Give Jesus Christ a big hand. Turn to your neighbor, say, Congratulations. Your help has come. Hallelujah. If you read the book of Mark, I think it's Mark or Luke chapter 5, verse 5. Peter said something. He said, We have toyed all night, we have not caught a fish. He said, we toiled, labor. Let me tell you, there is difference between labor and effort. Some of you, you are laborers. 
you are laboring and your result cannot is not tantamount to your success God is saying your help has come God is promoting you from being a laborer to a favored one say my name is favored one I am no longer a laborer because help has come hallelujah congratulations praise God this message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.